please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning. It's good to be here with you. Uh, and we're looking at, we're moving on to John chapter 10 uh, after Jesus heals the man born blind in John chapter 9. But uh, even though it's a different chapter, it's the same story. If you have an NIV red letter Bible or one of those Bibles that has the, the words of Jesus in red, <clears throat> then there's actually no break in Jesus' dialogue between verse 41 of John chapter 9 and verse 1 of 10. It's just, it, it, Jesus sort of, He shifts the subject matter, okay? But it's, it, it's all related. It's all together. And <clears throat> essentially, He is talking to the Pharisees, okay? 
Because the Pharisees ask him a question, are we blind? Okay? <clears throat> and Jesus gives just such an awesome response that basically says, you decide for yourselves if you think you're blind or not. <laughs> you know? Uh, and I think if you're honest with yourself, you, <clears throat> in other words, you've got to have some awareness that you have a little bit of blindness and that you need to see the light, right? <clears throat> but then he, he shifts the idea because, you see, the Pharisees are spiritual leaders, and so he shifts the theme in verse 1 of chapter 10 to the idea of shepherding sheep. From, so he, he moves from the idea of blindness to the idea of shepherding sheep. And so let's, I'm going to read all the way through verse 11. Okay, And then we're going to read a little bit out of Ezekiel 34 because Jesus, I love this. See, Jesus is essentially controlling the conversation. And so he's going he's gonna to give some statements that are straight out of Old Testament prophecy to show that he is fulfilling it. Okay? Essentially, that's what he's doing. He, look, I can't waste my time talking with you guys. And, and letting you control the conversation. Okay? I need to, I need to make some statements while I'm on this earth. And, and I need to explain to, uh, some, my disciples, and I'm trying to explain to y'all, but y'all don't want to hear it, that I'm fulfilling the Old Testament. So, so he, he takes control of the conversation and he moves it. So let me read through verse 11. Very, very, verily, I say unto you, meaning the Pharisees, is still talking, to the Pharisees, he who enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable, or uh, I think that word, actually I looked that up, it's not a parable, it's kind of an analogy more, figure of speech. Yeah, it's, that's the, the King James says parable. It's a different word in the Greek, but anyway, Jesus spoke unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spoke of. That's the Pharisees. They understood not, right? Then Jesus said unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Okay, so he moves to some very explicit statements. Right? <laughs> they don't understand, right? So then he says, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So Jesus is referring directly to Ezekiel chapter 34 and I've asked my dear friend Benny McKinney to read 
Uh, it, you can read the whole chapter because it's applicable, but we're going to read sort of the highlighted verses. So we're going to look at Ezekiel 34, 1 to 3, and then 11 and 12, Betty, if you would. 1 through 3? Yep. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to those shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Woe, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat sheep without feeding the flock. Mm. Then 11 and 12. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep and will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. Amen. Amen. So, the, the correlation is pretty obvious, right? It, right there. Jesus is thinking of Ezekiel, thinking of the word of the Lord that came to Ezekiel about the shepherds, essentially the religious leaders of God's people who really don't care about the people, right? They're not, they're not really attempting to help the people of God connect with God. They are selfish. They're thinking, they, they want to use their position as religious leaders for selfish means. Okay? Feeding themselves. Money. Power, authority, you know, whatever it might be. Get away with your sins, right? <laughs> and so, Jesus is frustrated with these Pharisees. So, because we saw that when Jesus healed the man who had been laying paralyzed for 38 years and couldn't get into the pool, that they didn't care about that man. We saw when when the Pharisees brought the woman who had been caught in adultery, they didn't care about that woman. When Jesus healed the man who had been born blind, they didn't care about that man. In fact, they excommunicated him. They kicked him out. They said, we don't want to have anything to do with you. They didn't care about him. And so that made Jesus a little angry. And so he, he says some things to them that essentially... They are acting as ones who are trying to sneak in and steal and destroy. They are pretend shepherds. Okay, so there's a couple, couple ways we can go at this point, okay? You can, you can talk about uh, how as leaders we have to be careful that we are humbling ourselves before God and asking Him to help us to be honorable in the way that we are Ministers of the gospel, right? Yes, John. It's, it's, this is this is something. You know, when you find people in horrible need in the life of the church, mm-hmm. it's much. Really, we want to make sure that we are, in other words, poor, rejected, lonely, frustrated, and hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a committee to handle it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Uh huh. And you have to apply to get help. It, yeah. Right, right. And, uh, now, when, when, the rich, when the rich is, is, is sick and uh, there's a need, then there's a hire. And I think real ministry began with a, a man born blind, persecuted by the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. To him, everything makes sense. But 
to the Pharisees, you know, it doesn't make sense. We're not going to pay attention to anybody who's just born blind. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. that's the story of, uh, of the church, isn't it? Yeah. And so there is a progression that Jesus is saying has to happen for leadership. In other words, if you want to become a, so to speak, shepherd, by the way, there is one shepherd, and that's Jesus. And the Lord has been understood for years as shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is our shepherd. He is the shepherd. And He came in the form of Jesus. He is the shepherd. Okay? Now, there are many who can, who can come under that leadership role of Jesus as the shepherd, but you can't sneak into it. And that's what Jesus is saying. You first have to be a sheep. Okay? You first have to be willing to come in through Jesus and under His authority. Because if you try to come in from the sides and sneak in, then you're coming selfish means, selfish reasons. And so, as, a, as someone who wants to be a leader or think I have to have a call, there has to be a moment where I humble myself and say, I have to ask forgiveness of my own sins and recognize that I need a shepherd myself. I need the shepherd, God, to lead me. And... And if I can't do that first, then I'm going to lose the battle. Now, who had uh, John 21? John 21, 15 to 17. This is where Jesus reinstates Peter. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. So there you see that Peter had to go through the process of being given the authority of one to feed the sheep. Peter was not allowed to assume the role on his own. Okay, Jesus, so to speak, cast upon Peter the right to be a shepherd of the sheep. And, it, and then he said also that it was going to come with a cost. And that is one of the marks of a true leader is someone who is willing to pay a cost for the benefit of others. And of course, that's highlighted mostly in verse 11 where Jesus says that I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. In other words, anybody who wants to be in leadership in the church, there will be a cost. In other words, if Jesus, the good shepherd, is going to lay down his life, why would we not have to do so? And so Peter, Jesus tells Peter in the very beginning, when he institutes him as a feeder of the sheep, as a shepherd after Jesus, that it's going to come at a cost, just like it came at a cost for Jesus. And so anybody who wants to be in leadership, the first thing I want to say to you is that 
it will cost you something. Now, it's different for everybody, okay, in, in a lot of ways. You know, many, all of us have different things that we want to try to hold on to in life, right? Uh, but there will be a cost. We're going to have to let go of some things that we decided are important. And yes, Jesus, I'll do what you want me to do as long as I can continue to restore cars. You know, or as long as I can continue to uh, watch, watch 12 hours of football on Sundays, then, you know, I, I'll follow you. There was a pastor one time, and I won't say anything, of, no name, where he is, nothing. He was a real person, okay, who was a Georgia fan. And uh, not the same pastor that Pastor Rick refers to. And he, uh, he was such a Georgia fan that he would uh, go to the away games. He pastored a church. He would go to the away games on Saturdays. And during football season, he would miss, uh, you know, two, three, four Sundays so that he could go to the games. I got, I mean, I, I like football. I like to watch it, but, and I don't want to pass judgment on this guy and be harsh, but I got a problem with that. If you're going to be a pastor and church is on Sunday, then what does it say to your congregation when you decide not to be there for four Sundays during football season? And where your priorities are. Maybe one, I don't know. You know, but, but that's, that was hard for me to swallow. I worked at that church. That was hard for me to swallow. You know? Um, so, that's just a little thing. Most of the time, it'll cost you to prison, you know, for a lot of believers around the world. Right? Persecution, family members dragged away, persecuted or put to death. Things that in America, we, we don't even have to, you know, we, we're, you know we're, we're, we're upset that the liberals are trying to tell us we can't have drive-in church. Right? Uh you know, but that that's small potatoes compared to what a, a brothers and sisters around the world are dealing with. You know, so Church of America, man up. Okay, take it on the chin because, you know, you want to talk about persecution, that's nothing. You know, but uh got a little sidetrack there. So Jesus is saying that uh, if you want to follow after me as a shepherd of the sheep, then it's going to cost you something. Now, let's talk about, though, the voice. Okay, let's, let's go back and talk about the voice. Because Jesus says here, The sheep hear His voice of the Good Shepherd, and He calls His own sheep by name. And m many of you may have heard this before. If you haven't, then, you know, that's fine. Uh, you know, we're not better than you if you haven't heard this. But in those days, Palestinian sheep herding, the sheep actually could distinguish the voice of their shepherd. And, and the scene was that there was sort of like a communal, uh, it, it wouldn't be a, I don't think they called it a pen, but you know, like a area, barn area or whatever, where the sheep, many shepherds would bring their sheep and they would all be there together, right? And then there would be one who was designated to make sure that nobody would come and try to steal the sheep during the night. And then when the shepherd would want to bring them out into pasture, he would come in and he would call them and the sheep could actually recognize his voice, the, the voice of their own shepherd. They knew it, uh, which is just amazing to me. And then also in Palestinian uh, 
uh, sheep herding, it wasn't the, the style where the shepherd was behind pushing the sheep, the shepherd was in front leading them, and the, and the sheep would follow. So the whole thing Jesus is using, and, you know, Jesus isn't trying to, like, draw some, like, you know, at some point all analogies break down, okay? So let's not hold Jesus to, you know, some ridiculous standard. All he's saying is, I will call you by name, and you will hear my voice, and you'll know it's me. Now that's Jeremiah 31, where it says that all shall know me. Neither shall one man teach another, for all shall know me. For the Holy Spirit will teach us, and we will know that it's the Spirit of God, that it's the voice of Jesus. How many have heard Jesus calling you by name? I've heard Him call my name and say, John, you're mine. It's 16 years old. This little camp up in High Harbor, Camp High Harbor, I think North, South or North Carolina, I was 16 years old, and a couple got up there who drove around in, in their RV to do worship on a Casio piano. You know, little synthesized sounds and all that, and they were singing Awesome God. And, and I think about that, and, you know, God forbid that we make fun of, of humble, simple worship, because that got saved there. I was in. I was going down a bad path. I was totally confused. I didn't know who I was, and I mean, God saved me, called me by name, and you know, I've had to overcome and surrender a lot. But called my name, called Matt's name, and Betty. All of us have had that experience of Jesus calling us by name, and you know what it feels like when Jesus calls your name, and it's just so validating. It's so powerful when Jesus, the voice of God, comes in and says. You're mine. You're, I own you. You are my sheep. I will lay down my life for you. And you go, you're gonna, you will lay down your life for me? Why would you do that? Because I love you. You really love me that much, Lord? Yes, He's saying that to you this morning. If you're confused about how much God loves you, if you associate the love of God with how well you perform in this world, Let me say that again. If you associate God's love with whether or not your earthly father loved you, whether or not your earthly mother loved you, with whether or not your brothers or your sisters hurt you, if you associate God's love with those things or with earthly success, with man, man's praise, with that feeling of, oh, I did it, I won, I did a good job. Okay? That's all, that's all man-made stuff, trying to make you feel good about yourself. That's not the love of God. That's, just, that's trying to convince yourself that you can earn God's love. Okay? But the love of God is freely given. And Jesus says, I'll lay, I'll lay my life down for the sheep. You see, um, well, that's our good shepherd. And He calls us by name. So God is calling you by name. So if you haven't surrendered your life to the Good Shepherd yet, then I ask that you would this morning say, Jesus, You are my Good Shepherd. You are my Savior. You died on the cross for my sins. And I receive You into my life. I accept the salvation that You offer me. Come and fill me with Your Holy Spirit that I can live a life that's worthy of God. Amen. Amen. It says a stranger 
will they not follow, but will flee from Him. For they know not the voice of strangers. Now that's what the man born blind did. Because the Pharisees, when they were having these meetings, were really drilling Him. And He heard their voice, and, the, and he, he, he heard in their voice the accusation and the harshness, and He knew that He didn't want that. I mean, he stood up to them as, as Miss Betty was teaching us. Yeah, Lord, help me be like this man, right? Who just won't give in to those evil, thieving voices who want to steal from me and hurt me. But see, that man recognized that their voices were not right. There's something wrong with that voice right there. Because that was the voice of those who want to control everything. Let's read, Betty, if you would, Matthew twenty three thirteen, Because this is about the, the, the stranger that they will not follow. And this is the heart behind the shepherds that are not true shepherds. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from men. For you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Mm. So there you have... Jesus saying the Pharisees think of themselves as the doorkeepers, okay, and the shepherds, and the ones who have authority to say, oh yeah, you're in and you're out, you know, and you just you're almost in, you know, <laughs> you're not quite there, you're almost in, but you, know, you might get there one day, you know, and that's the heart of the Pharisees. Now you find that heart still all over the world today, and as Miss Betty was teaching us, that's the religious spirit. That wants to try to make people feel like they have to earn their way into God's approval. Okay? So it comes in different forms all over the world. Okay? But it's the same thing that Jesus was saying in Matthew 23. It's, it's that, that spirit that wants to try to control who gets in and who doesn't. In other words, they want to be the door and the doorkeeper and the shepherd. They just want to control the whole thing. And Jesus is saying, that when you see that, recognize it for what it is and run from it. Run away from it. Because Jesus is the door. He's the only way to enter in. And then anyone else is a thief and a robber. Don't listen to them. Don't hear them. What do you mean don't hear them? Just don't give them any time. Don't argue with them. Don't bother trying to reason with them and trying to convince them some other way. Don't so, hear them. So that's the struggle that Jesus is having with the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. So what does it teach us when you deal with a pharisaical spirit that obviously does not understand the gospel, criticizes mm-hmm. you for having an open faith, yeah. uh, uh, puts you down publicly, Mm-hmm. Harass you, okay? When you haven't done nothing, how do you respond to a pharisaical spirit, John? Well, Jesus said that 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 they will not follow the stranger and not hear them, and so at some point you have to say, "I'm not going to waste my time with you guys." Right. You know? Yeah, I'm not going to waste my time with you guys because. 
It's just a never-ending cycle. It's a never-ending circle. I'll never win with arguments. So, at some point, we have to say, look, I'm just going to follow my good shepherd, and you guys can just go on with whatever thoughts you want to have. Because I can't waste my time. So, sometimes God calls you to a church, okay, that where there's a pharisaical, pharisaical spirit, and, and God calls you to be a prayer warrior in that church, but then sometimes you need to leave a church. That's what it sometimes looks like in real life. Sometimes you need to leave a church. Sometimes you need to begin distancing yourself from family members who are trying to force upon you that religious spirit of you have to live up to my standards or you're no good. John, today in America still, we are doing sermons to fill in the blanket. Right. Jesus... Mm-hmm. is, everybody writes down, love. Okay, We're still there. Mm-hmm. And the idea churches, is, yeah. as, as America comes into a pandemic, people dying all over the place, uh, how do you become a vessel of honor if you can't even recognize the presence of Jesus? Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so Jesus is saying that those who have a heart to follow me will recognize my voice and will know when I'm in the room. And so if you're sitting in church every Sunday, as Pastor Rick was saying, or you're sitting in the committee meeting and there is no presence of Jesus, and you will know if the Jesus is there or not. It's pretty obvious if the presence of Jesus is there. Then start asking God, did you call me to this church to be a prayer warrior or something? Or do I need to find a church or a body of Christ that is really seeking the presence and get in the midst of people who want to see the kingdom of God flourish in this world? Because, God, I I don't want to waste my time on this earth. I want to fulfill what you have for me. So start talking to me, God, about where I need to be and what I need to be doing. And some people are going to be offended by your decisions. But if we really want to follow God and we really want to be in the presence of Jesus and uh, be the people that God called us to be, sometimes we have to make some hard decisions. To say, I, I have to begin to distance myself here and there from, from these influences so that I can be in a place where I'm serving God. And that can be really hard sometimes. But Jesus is saying, follow me. Hear my voice. And you'll know my voice. And you'll be able to tell when it's not my voice. You'll be able to tell because I'll give you the discernment of spirits to discern if that is not the presence of Jesus in your midst. Have a great day. We'll see you uh, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.latterain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.latterain.com.